Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Yeah. Welcome to J.L., a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Hi. How are you? I hope that you're so good. Thank you so much for checking in with us. Um, this is J.L, the podcast, and I'm here with my sister friends, my strong, powerful woman, Laia Sinclair. Strong and powerful. Damn straight. And Aja Graydon Danzler. Woody woo! I like when I say Danzler. Danzler. That's a I nice like that. name. I, I I wish I had more syllables. I didn't get enough syllables in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. It's like pop pop. Pop pop. And like, did I tell you that my mother put an exclamation point on my birth certificate? Uh-uh, did you yeah. mention that to you? You could do that? You told me. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so my name is really Jill Scott. That's fucking amazing. It really is, though. Like, it really is. I, I enjoy that choice. You thought you were doing hey. something naming your son King. Mm. That's a nice name. It is a nice name. Yeah, yeah my nephew's name is King. It's short That's for Kingston, nice but we call him King. Mm. I saw you had a pretty baby on the uh, Instagram, Aja. That's your niece. She's so beautiful. First of all, my sister-in-law 
my sister in love. Yeah. I really do believe that she was brought here to the earth to make pretty babies. Wow. Because she literally has five little girls, and they are all adorable. Mm-hmm. Like, she's a little pretty black girl baby-making machine. Oh. And she, her latest one is, oh, is the icing on the cake. Her latest one. Her latest one. <laughs> Listen, I'm like, Jill, these dancers, these dancers, men, like them babies, honey. I mean, they, they, they is point pokes. They, they take the socks off. <laughs> <laughs> When they're handling their business. <laughs> they take the socks off. Yes, girl. Yes. So you, you have a really, really big family, huh? I do. Well, for teen, my husband is the oldest of six children. Wow. And this is his sister who also now has six children. Wow. As we have six children. Wow. But, yes. So but that's a are, lot of cooking. Oh, yeah, girl. You know, I've cooked every day for a bazillion years. I, but now I don't do it anymore. I'm going to tell you what broke me. This here pandemic, I cooked every day for about three Breakfast, months. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was and mad And finally, I just was like, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I implemented Fend for Yourself Night. Oh. <laughs> and I also... <laughs> I also... Look, hashtag fuck them kids, okay? Get into it. Um... Fend for yourself night. I'm just shaking my head yes. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head yes. Mm-hmm. And then was also just my older children had to take a certain night to cook. Yeah. So, yeah. A yeah. lot, lot of cooking. Amen. You come from a big family, Laya? No. I'm, it's, you know, it's just me up in here. But my, my mother and my father are both the youngest of their broods. Like, my mom's the youngest of five. My dad's the youngest of nine. And, uh, yeah, this is it for me. So, I, I adopt people. I got a lot of god brothers and sisters and whatnot. So the holiday times is is kind of uh, is is more relaxed for you because how many people are showing up? Listen, not for is the, it friends and family or it depends. Last year we did the whole a lot of New York folks from my dad's side came down and we had dinner at my mom's house, so that was really nice. But to be honest, shoot, as far as the Christmas holidays and an only mm-hmm. child, we cut that out about uh, twenty five years ago after the presents, and we just decided to travel. We do our own thing on the holiday. Oh, that's delicious! Yeah. Oh, my mama like she's too old so for Christmas. Jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. So let's go somewhere instead. So now that we started that little tradition, I'm trying to hopefully maybe this year maybe we'll do. I don't know. I don't. I don't when? Yeah. When do you start preparing for the travel? Well, Jill, as a daughter of a flight attendant. Uh, <laughs> That can we vary. don't right. I'm like that can vary from mommy. We going we going somewhere this year. Where we going? Okay, so come three a uh, week before we gonna start packing, and then um, <laughs> and then nice. a couple of days before that we gonna pick the flight to see what the load look like. Oh, this flight attendant life is real, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, Aja, you you've got to you know cook for a, a lot of people. Let me tell you something. Thanksgiving. Was all I, I mean for years. And That's I two love, turkeys, isn't it? Well, no, not well. It is if we go to family's house. If we go over, we went up. We've gone over to my mother in law's house many times, and then because also too, I have a mother. We mm-hmm. have bounced from my husband's mother's house to my mom's house. Till finally, I had so many kids. I was like, listen, y'all, I don't feel like dressing all these kids, carting all these kids to go over to somebody else's houses and eat. And then, like, what is the leftover situation going to be like? By the time I pack up food from your house, I done packed up leftovers that look like a whole, like, I cooked. Mm. 
Mm. So I was like, no, I'm a cook at home. I sit there, I feed my children. I said, if y'all want to see these kids, I'll bring them over for dessert or something like that. My mother would, my mother and my family and my in-laws are like a family. They're close to. So my, my siblings and my mom are all close to my husband's sibling and mother. So we have a bit of a really good mixture. So we tend to spend time together. And we also have two different uh, religions in our family. about to ask you yeah because i'm like my yeah, mother yeah on. we don't celebrate christmas because we're muslim my mother and please don't get mad at me for cussing and carrying on in this show like look y'all can just save the emails now i cuss yeah um so <laughs> uh and my mother's side is christian and so typically thanksgiving over the years would be the time that we would end up all together right but on on the on the islamic side on the muslim side we would do eid dinners and that would be that's the time at there's two Eids a year and a calendar Islamic year. And so we would get together and cook and eat for Eid. And then yeah. I just thought about that, Asia. You got a lot of holidays in your mix. Like you got not hot but traditions. You got a lot of traditions and that's a, a lot, lot of traditions, but it's not that you know, it's actually I think really good for the kids because the kids get to just understand about diversity yeah. within family and that, you know, blood ties are stronger than cultural ties and that you can still really believe and, and do what you do and still be able to be respectful mm-hmm. of your family and things like that. So I've I've loved over the years that my kids have gotten an opportunity to do that. And the little extra work is just that, hey, you know, you got to have an extra conversation. You got to keep family on point, make sure everybody is aware, you know, that kind of thing. And even with Christmas, though, my children don't celebrate Christmas. They have family members who do. So in the past, they may have like, you know, sent the kids a couple dollars or this, that or the other. Oh, but Jill, I'm you the worst. Hold, y'all about to say you the whole you a whole Jehovah. So that's I mean not not now, but you were raised that way, right? So uh, then first off, first wait, let me no, just say this. Jehovah's did I, did I say, with an listen, S. Did I do that? I'm this. sorry. What I do? I'm sorry. Not. <laughs> <laughs> you was a whole Jehovah's. I'm listen. sorry. I'm what I'm. <laughs> they are called Jehovah's Witness. Witnesses. I'm sorry. I shortened everything. I'm sorry. To be right. called Jehovah it's, would be like me calling. Aja Allah. Okay. And y'all not a 5% of witness. I got it. Jehovah Witness. Right. Yes. Jehovah. 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 Yeah, I take that S yes. out. Mm-hmm. Witnesses. Because that's a black thing to take the S out <laughs> or add the S. Yes. It is It is what it is, but they're Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. And um, yeah, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, not because I was baptized as a Jehovah's Witness, but because that's the house I lived in. And as you know, you know, when you grow up in a house, that's what you do. You do whatever your parents are doing. So I grew up with my my mom and my grandma, and we definitely missed, I feel like I missed out on a lot of stuff, uh, like holidays and things, until I got old enough to catch uh, transportation by myself. (laughs) Once, Once I got old enough to hop on that 54 and catch a subway, and then go on, and well, I forgot what other bus I could, I don't remember now, to um, to get to Mount Airy, where I would go to my aunt's house, and she would have Christmas there. So that meant I got to eat the good Christmas food, 
I got to play Uno all night long and laugh out loud. And my aunt would always get me something. God bless her. It was never anything that I wanted. But the fact that she thought of me meant a lot to me. And until I got older and was like, hey, listen, I'm going to just want you to keep that. Like, keep that money in your pocket. You don't have to buy me anything, you know. Um, but the the holidays were really, really fun. I thought from not celebrating them to celebrating, I was like, this is cool. And then I got older. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait one minute. Mm-hmm. Talking about it. Mm-hmm. So Christmas is, I don't know the exact numbers right now, but when I was reading about it, it was like Christmas was 73% of America's economy. Ooh! Wow! 73%. Ooh, shit! And that was a long time ago. That was a long time. I don't, I don't know, you know, what it was then, but that was enough to shake my world up and, and ask myself, like, what am I exactly getting into and why am I doing this? Um, there's the stories Clearly, you know, uh, we've all heard the stories about uh, Jesus and Christmas, um, how, number one, Jesus wasn't born in December. So who made up December 25th as his birth date? And why do we give gifts and all of that jazz? And where did St. Nick well, meet Jesus? When did St. Nick well, meet Jesus? Well, it was an attempt. Okay, so the historical implication of this is... Let's go, <laughs> let's go. Yes. Is that... Um, it was an attempt. I knew she would. I knew she would. <laughs> me too, me too. I was setting it up. Just, just, just. Break it but down. Would you say Asia? You all know this answer already, so I don't appreciate y'all setting me up. Come but on, Asia Almighty. It was an attempt for uh, the king at the time. I want to say it's probably like Constantine or somebody who was um, trying to spread Christianity, but knew that the cultural and uh, the cultural beliefs of the people where he was were not right in line with Christianity at the time. They were celebrating a winter solstice and. Uh, something else I want to say called Christ Mass or something like that. Mm. And so what he decided to do was allow them to keep elements of their cultural celebrations and mesh it together with a Christian tradition so that he could ease the people into celebrating or practicing Christianity. Ah. So um, that's how you get Christmas in December. That's my understanding of it. Is that how St. Um, Nick, Nick comes into the conversation? That's here? not how St. Nick comes into the conversation, but that is how stuff like uh, Yuletide greetings mm. and things like that mm. come into play. And um, the like I said, the time period and things of that nature. So yeah, and trees like a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. That's when the that's how the Christmas tree comes into play. And garland and um, mistletoe and things like that. So yeah, so that's where you have some Christians who over time have actually stopped doing those types of traditions because they understand that it's not necessarily a quote unquote. Christian tradition. It's an American at this point, an American, but not even American. But now it is very American because yeah. you do find people, like she says, like a part, big part of the economy. So people come here from other places, and part of their um, embracing American culture is to celebrate Christmas. That's the true. music is nice. 
always loved and the Christmas lights. Songs. I have always loved the lights. My children, my little Muslim children, <laughs> have always loved the lights. I've always loved the lights, and I've, I've always enjoyed the music and the getting together and the smells of it all. I always thought that was so nice. Um, but when I had my son, I think we had Christmas maybe twice, and I just felt wrong. I just, I just it didn't sit right mm-hmm. for me because, you know, we have all of these things, all of these holidays that make money, really. You know, think about it. Valentine's. I, I, wrote, I wrote cards for Hallmark. Mm-hmm. Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day. Yeah, you know, there's we missed some something. cards, by the way, because I'm you know, just saying every Mother's Day, Father's Day, I was looking for something. One, because I didn't grow up celebrating it. I got a chance to participate in it with my Aunt Shirley. Shout out to Aunt Shirley, who was so beautiful and kind and yes. loving to me. Miss you so much. Um, um, so I got a chance to experience that. But when I had my own child, I was like, do I really, am I really setting him up? You know, do, do I want to, do I want to tell him lies? Right. I always wonder do, what I, how I handle this as a parent. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, like you know, it's it's not real. Like, do you want to tell them lies? And and not for nothing. The thing that you know, I went around with my mom when she finally decided not to do it. I started to think too about how I would have these amazing Christmases, but come the New Year, my mom is trying to figure out how to rob rob Peter to pay Paul. And I was yeah. like, this not this not fair. No. So when I was little, what my mom used to do is she would wait until Christmas was over and then we would go shopping Smart. because there was all of the, the Christmas holiday stuff. And I had gone back to school without doing the then going shopping part. Mm-hmm. And I came back to school. I had on the same clothes I had on the week, you know, a couple of weeks before that. And all the kids had new clothes. Yeah. And I, it just was it messed with me like, yeah. oh, you know, I felt jealous and I felt like I was getting um, left out of something that I wanted to. So I didn't want to do that to Jet, but I also did not want to lie to the kid about these holidays. So I invented (laughs) Famous. Fam us. Fam is. Is. Okay. Yeah. Famous. You know, I was like, okay, Christmas. But I was like, famous. Fam is. Family is. What are the things that I love about holidays or Mm. traditional holidays in America? Um, Well, you know, you get together with your family. You you cook with your family. Y'all listen to music. You dance. You play games. You know, somebody's going to, you know, play spades or something. Like, we're going to enjoy each other. And I was like, that's what this, that's what people really are, you know, inclined. That's what they really love to do. It's, it's, it's the family portion. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create a holiday that is about family. Family is. The only difference between uh, Christmas and Famous is it is, well, it's, there's two differences. Instead of putting up uh, garland and we put up the colors of our, of our culture, so there's a lot of uh, African flags around the house, mm-hmm. and we put up pictures of people we respect and admire all around the house during the during famous. I love that. Um, um, we we have a tree, but our tree is black. Um, <laughs> Come on, black tree! Black. Mm-hmm. Where the hell you get that? 
A black uh, from, spray painted that joke. I think it was joker. from the Home Goods. Wow. Yeah, we have a black tree. That's dope. And um, we put we put pretty much anything we want on the dang thing. Sometimes it's pictures of us. Sometimes it's a uh, kente cloth, or sometimes it's uh, African flags. Depend, you know, all over the continent. Yeah. Um, so there's pictures of people we admire and respect, and then there's this black ass tree, and that we do do presents, but you have to earn them. And how you earn a gift on Famous is you have to write a one-page essay. It can be longer, but it's a one-page essay about whatever you want to talk about. Whatever you want to talk about. And then we all sit after dinner, we all sit and listen to one another speak out loud and think out loud. So, you know, one year Jets was about uh, raccoons because we had raccoons in our, you know, trash sometimes. And what we found out from his um, essay was that raccoons have sensories in their hands. You know, they have five digits like we do. So, but they have sensories. So when they touch a trash can, they're like, that is jelly. Wow. And, um, what else is that? Mm, that's some mm, onions and uh, oh, pizza. that's awesome, Jet. Yeah. Right. And then he's, he's, uh, okay, so the essays have to be handwritten. Or, I mean, they don't have to be handwritten, but it's nice. I prefer them to be handwritten. Once you read your essay, then you get your gift uh, or gifts, depending. Because everybody, anybody can give anybody a gift. Mm. But Mm -hmm. if you don't, um, if you don't read your essay, you ain't get nothing. And that's just the way it works. You don't get without giving. And that's just the way it is. So we go from listening to our elders to listening to the children and everybody in between. So we get to hear, our family gets to hear us thinking uh, about whatever we want to talk about. It could be anything. And yeah. that is the gist of Famous. It doesn't have any religious implications so my mother comes, she's a Jehovah's Witness, and she's like, you know, she doesn't celebrate holidays. Um, but this doesn't have any religious implications, so it's more of a family gathering. It's family is, fam is. So I, I think it works for any culture, whether you're uh, Indian, whether you're Italian, you know, to have pictures of Italian people that you respect and admire all around the house to have your tree, uh, red, white, and green, um, to, to sit and listen to your family, you know, think. So that's pretty much what famous is. And that's what we've been celebrating for the last five years. So last thing is because it's, uh, the essays are on paper. I collect them. And um, keep them in a little famous box. Well, it's not little anymore, but keep them in a famous box and it becomes a family treasure. Mm. So I can look back and say, okay, in, you know, uh, 2000 and, and, you know, 12, Mm -hmm. you wrote an art, you wrote an essay about why you don't want to do homework or why you think homework (laughs) is unfair. You know what I mean? And you get to also see your own handwriting. Yeah. Particularly, you know, particularly for the kids. So, I love that. How long yeah. does it take to develop a holiday, Jill? Um, I guess overnight. Oh, If wow. that's what you want to do. I mean. I mean for your for fam you, is, how, how long did it take you to figure all those elements out? Well, it didn't take long because I've been thinking about it for years. Mm. Like, what is it that, that bothers me? What True. is it that, that doesn't sit well with me? 
that one, this is such a big uh, economic holiday that bothers me. Um, two, it doesn't have any basis in history. Well, why not praise the Lord all year round? Right. That part. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord all year round. Whomever you decide that you call God, based on information that you know, or based on your family and how they've taught you, praise the Lord all year round. Be grateful for for your Creator and creation all year round. Mm-hmm. But at this time, celebrate family. Celebrate family and and ask of them to do something to get something. brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I know that the being with family part, particularly for black folks, is the pull for all of these holidays. Mm. You know, because obviously even the question around whether or not black people should even be celebrating Thanksgiving has come up in my family in the past five years. Oh, yeah. As you talked about that, should we even be celebrating this, especially since I have friends who are who are indigenous, and it, they just feel so deeply disrespected by that holiday. As they should. And so for us, you know, as we all should feel deeply disrespected by it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think also, too, you know, the idea of being with family, for us, that's what resonates. It mm-hmm. says, okay, well, I just want to—I'm not even— I'm not keyed into all of it. I just want to be able to play bid with and eat some good food and, yeah. 
you know, and be around, you know, my extended family. So I can really appreciate um, being intentional about that because, you know, these are things that keep us together. These are the things that keep us going and, you know, all over the diaspora, but particularly here in America where it's like what is for us. But I love the fact that in some states and here in Pennsylvania, Juneteenth is now considered a, a holiday, an official mm-hmm. holiday here in the state of Pennsylvania. And Fatina and I rode in the Juneteenth parade last year. And um, we were the Grand Marshal's darling, yes, amen. Yes, clap, 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 yes. And it made, and it got me to thinking. I'd known about Juneteenth a long time, but I had never really been really intentional about celebrating it. Um, and uh, and again, um, Black History Month in my household is a very big deal. And I am the only person that I know who decorates for um, Black History Month. <laughs> nice. So I actually decorate for Black History Month. So when you were saying the thing about putting up the pictures and stuff, I was like, oh, girl, this is me with Black History Month. Like, this is how I am. And I love the fact that um, you kind of kind of came with your own family traditions. I think that's super important. That even though there's some things cross-culturally that we that we should continue to honor, one of the real things that I feel like is important to honor is those things that become important to your individual family. And that um, those are the things you get to pass on from generation to generation, you know, which is why stuff like family reunions are such a big deal in our community and, um, you know, things like that. Here's one thing I know I made up that my kids and I did um, on Juneteenth, uh, I want to say two years ago, was I decided that I bought a very large piece of um, handmade and hand-printed mud cloth that has some kente woven into it as well. Um, And this was what I placed over top of my mother's casket. Mm. Um, And this is, you know, how she was there when, when, during her service. We, I took that and I laid it out on the table. It was, and, and what I was telling the kids was that, you know, during slavery, obviously we weren't allowed to learn how to read, but we used to do these things called pit schools where people would escape in the middle of the night and dig a ditch in the, into the ground and get inside the ditch and cover it with leaves and that they would learn how to read at night in these pit schools and these ditches. And one of the ways they learned was by writing into stuff like flour and salt. Mm. Mm. And so what I did was I told the kids, I said, okay, here, we're going to cover our table. This is a um, something to honor our particular ancestors. And, you know, my mother is an ancestor now. And I set out a little tray and I said, okay, guys, I put the flour out. I said, this is our way of honoring how our ancestors learned before they were free to learn how to read and to learn how to have their own self-determination. And so I was like, you can write anything in a flower that you want. You can write the name of an ancestor. You can write a shape, a heart, or whatever, your own name, whatever. But this is our way that we honor the ways that they learned. And so my kids and I did that. And, you know, and that was our, that was part of our Juneteenth celebration. That's dope. That's, yeah. Yeah. We're We're free. We're free in a lot, and not every way, but yeah, we're no, free. not enslaved. We're not enslaved. Mm-hmm. So you have the capacity to come up 
with whatever it is that you want to come up and make that a thing for your family. Hey, listen, I think in this moment, it's funny, Jill, as you were talking about, uh, I want to say it right, festive. I'm about to call, I was about to say festivist. I'm sorry, that's, that's Seinfeld. <laughs> everyone <laughs> oh that's and that we have festivus the day before famous festivus for the rest of us festivus for the rest so of do us y'all, we had that the day before so y'all do festivus do y'all do famous and then it's interesting because i thought it was a nice tie-in to kwanzaa too because while you're celebrating your family for one then you start celebrating your culture and your community in the next right and, yeah, but I tapped out by then. Oh, I ain't going. I'm not. I'm not even going to hold you up. Like it's I, it's a commitment. I, was, I will say, I, it's, it's hard. a lot to me I because try. I didn't grow up celebrating holidays or birthdays for that matter. So I'm going to apologize now. I'm probably not going to remember your birthday unless you tell me and I put it in my phone. <laughs> oh, I'm not either, but not for that because I. I I don't remember. I just... Well, I, I already told y'all we got 9,000 people in our family, yeah. so... I forget my own damn birthday. If the radio didn't tell me, or the Instagram, they're like, it's just Scott's birthday. I'd be like, oh, it is. <laughs> I'm 29 again. Have a great... Well, mm. I hesitated to bring up uh, Kwanzaa, because I was like, I don't... You know, people feel different ways about uh, Mr. Karinga. Karinge, but at the same time, at the, the fundamentals of what it asks of you, of what mm-hmm. it really boils down to is fucking amazing. And shouts out to yeah. M. Tumay and all the rest of the elders who actually helped make that holiday happen as well. Like, I mean, you oh, can't yeah. deny it, right? Oh, Wait yeah. Actually, so I don't have an issue with the actual principles of Kwanzaa. Yeah, the prin- and I, I mean, I know that people, you know, so many things have come out about, uh, about um, uh, you said about Karinga, but mm-hmm. for me... For me, I do think people who continue to celebrate Kwanzaa, I, I know what their intentions are. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's actually a beautiful time for a lot of families mm-hmm. and really gives, you know, African-Americans in particular yes. an opportunity to connect in a way that speaks to who we are here, but also honors our culture in Africa mm-hmm. and, where we, and what we brought with us. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, yes, that I am connected to and absolutely a product of the continent. But here we had a, a specific kind, and not just here, but in other places in the diaspora, experience this, you know, chattel slavery, which is, you know, it's an experience. It's, it's something that you can't forget. It's something that did happen and did affect our ability to be connected the ways that in the ways that we were before that. So I think it's nothing wrong with, you know, as a community saying, hey, let's let's figure out a way to reconnect. But then also um, acknowledge that we are a new thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I, so no problem at all with that. I, I love mean, it. I wish we could have more holidays like that. Like we don't really have a lot of holidays African-American culture wise. Do or do we? Am I tripping? I'm like uh, Kwanzaa. Black History Month. Black History Month. Juneteenth. 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 What what happens in New Orleans, in Louisiana? What is it? Um, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Okay. It's funny. You know, some things are taken from us and built into something else. So I totally forget about Mardi Gras in that way because you are so right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. Mardi Gras, Juneteenth, Kwanzaa. All right. I could use just a couple other ones around. Oh, and um, in Chicago, in the Midwest, they have Sweeter's Day. What's that? Sweetest Day is um, Black people's version of Valentine's Day. Oh, Black Love Day. Okay. It's Black Love Day. <laughs> nice. Or I'll and, take it uh, all. I'll take yeah. it all. Or a single uh, celebration, I, whatever. Yeah, why not? 
Yeah. And then, of course, in, in, in New York and Miami, you got Carnival, you got... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I forget. Puerto Day Parade. Cinco de Mayo. For, well, other, for other cultures? Is that... No? Is that, am well, I wrong? Oh, 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 Well, let me say think, this. This is, this is where we get lost. <laughs> See, I don't know. Because we, we create, we create holidays. Well, we didn't create holidays, but we celebrate holidays, which is just fine. Um, and creating your own holiday for your family and making a tradition for your own for your family is beautiful. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who participates in it, uh, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> What's up, Jill? Because <laughs> y'all should when... know that Jill's eyes are closed, so she's about to get it. <laughs> she's oh, about to get it. It's coming. It does frustrate the life. Oh, it drains my 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 life when I see so many of us going into debt for mm. Christmas. Yeah. Going into debt for Christmas for people who do not deserve this amount of gifting. It's shocking to me that we still celebrate a holiday that we kind of know there's not really truthful of, of what it is. And we just definitely know that it's a big money making day. But we are so in the line of this tradition for generations and generations that we just cannot let it go. It's amazing to me. Very much like Jesus. Oh, shit. Um, I got to get me in oh, trouble. You ain't, I'm uh, a, listen, uh, we're already in trouble. Uh, Let's I'm gonna talk get my about it. We oh, said we were going to talk about things. Uh, and uh, we are here to spark conversation. I asked my grandmother about that one I, day, Jill. Listen. I had the same conversation with my mother and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. My question is always this. Mm-hmm. What exactly have um, white people that were enslaving folks giving them for their benefit? They didn't want you to read. Yeah. They want you to speak your language. They didn't want you to pray oh, to how you pray. So <laughs> they've given you She's what? about to go there. She's about And the to fact go that there. we continue to hold on to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, yes. Oh, yes. Mm. You know, I I don't, don't you I don't I don't know what you're going to do with this. I know mm. this. Mm. I know that I love God. Mhm. I do. I do. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts about that. I am so appreciative. I'm so grateful that I've learned my relationship with Jehovah God and there's so many names and that's that's your business how you want to deal I have uh, John 316 uh, on my neck And it is because um, it says, for those who don't know, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whomever shall um, uh, believe shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, Um, but nonetheless, most of you know what that is. And I just think that we've gotten that confused for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whomever shall believe in him now I'm gonna tell you like this if I was if somebody asked me to save the world by giving my only begotten son y'all would be some dead mother (laughs) 
If she be dead. If she come be dead, down. we all be dead and we going together. My only begotten son, I always think, man, that level of love, to to love human beings so much, to give your only child for them, is massive. And that should be respected and appreciated and honored and cherished. If we're going with the stories to be true. Mm. I really feel that way. And it bothers me when people don't give uh, our creator the credit deserved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whomever shall believe in him, the creator himself, so that whomever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Well, I mean, I think I'm glad you went there. To unpack. I thought she was going yes, somewhere else. Yeah, it's a lot Where to unpack there. Where did you think I was there. going? It's plenty well, to unpack. I yeah, were... I mean, it's a lot to unpack there. One, one of the things that I will say this about black folks and their and their um, forced or perceived forced because it well after slavery they were forced to embrace Christianity, but a form of Christianity that was obviously. Um, Twisted and, and intended to keep them enslaved. Intended to keep them enslaved. Mentally. You know, but obviously there it was that same Bible and that same teachings, those same teachings that also spoke to so many enslaved people that incited them to riot and rebel. There it is. You know, because Nat Turner actually believed that God had spoken to him. Harriet Tubman said, God spoke to me. These are not people who read a book or were intellectuals. These were hardcore spiritual people, but they also came from very similar backgrounds in their Africanness. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was about to say. Part- it could have came from that more than any. Oh yeah, yeah. no, they they did. Yeah. They actually did. Yeah. So I mean, so and they had certain spiritual beliefs that were passed down. So the reason why I say all this is because African Americans have successfully, in many ways, many, many, many ways, merged together what they brought on the ships with Christianity in such a way that empowers them spiritually that has been at the core of their resistance. So if you start to peel back the layers of Black resistance over several years, you're going to find a lot of that is what what changes it. And not just Christianity, but also with Islam. Because when you look back at some of the other, you know, leaders of different rebellions, they had some backgrounds and beliefs that were Islamic. And then also, too, the big Haitian revolution was started with a religious ceremony based in Vodun, which is based in Yoruba. So it's like all of this is who we are. We take who we are everywhere that we go. We take who we are everywhere we go. And so when you talk about We just don't know when we're using it from our, our own background. Right. Sometimes <laughs> that we, that's, that's, that's the that's part. problem. We don't always know. We don't always know that yeah. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But believe you me, that is what it is. And when you start talking about holidays, that is where we start to get into, okay, well, what does this mean? Or what is the meaning behind this? So that I'm sure that it's not contradictory to what I believe. Because it's Asia, you... Weakening you know I hear your voice in the back of my head when it comes to these holidays, right? It's all, <laughs> it's all because of white supremacy. It's all because of white supremacy. And well, not all of them. Mo- not all of them. Most of the American ones that we celebrate. I, well, yeah. Yes. I mean, because it's about capitalism. It's like Jill said. This is about people making money and being able to make money off of us as, as individuals. It's not about making life better. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or making you more spiritually connected. You know that whenever capitalism embraces a thing, but racial capitalism, 
embrace Christianity from the gate. There's no way to separate the two. You got to have the conversation, not be afraid to have that conversation. It doesn't it doesn't diminish any one person's belief because you can the, find yes. Christianity in Ethiopia way before they ever came here. So you can find right because the white man was everywhere. That's what I be scared. That's why I be, that's why I was scared. Always scared. Not scared because I did ask my grandmother, but it was always an interesting point for me because I was like, as black as my grandmother what it was, I always wondered like the story of Christianity and what I knew of and how it came to black Americans. I was like, Oh, that's interesting that we, t- I get it. We have a habit of taking things and making it our own and switching it from a negative to a positive. But man, this is a doozy. This is a real doozy. I always thought Christianity. I mean, it would a be a really good idea to say that Ethiopia was never colonized. That's true. But the man came down there though, didn't he? Everywhere, man. He came everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that 3-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. <laughs> Well, you know, the end of the day is that I do know a lot of folks who, when they hear the word holiday, they think of holy day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 So tradition and holy day can be two different things. And particularly people who are very religious are more likely to focus on a holy day than a tradition. Traditions for them can come and go because a tradition can be started by someone who, you know, 
whatever. <laughs> but something that's tied into your actual belief system, you know, people... I know, but then it gets so all like shaky because you're, you're like, it's not his birthday. It's not a day. It's not a birthday. It's not a day. It's blah, 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 blah. And then you tell us a story about how we all came to this day. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Religion we is so confusing to me. We, we believe a lot of things just... Just because they tell us to believe it and it's a tradition of believing? Well, not just telling, but forcing. People got their teeth pulled out um, with, with pliers and such. People got their feet cut off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, forcing them True. to be Christians. True. Which forcing is another them. reason which makes it hard, always made it hard for a rebellious me to go, so we just going to roll with this is true, even though we was... Cool. What I would need, though, for me, um, what I would need is for Christianity to actually do uh, its its job. I needed to do its work. I need um, churches to be smaller and Black people to be more um, <laughs> affluent. <laughs> I see a lot, a lot of big churches, and I cannot front with you. Like, it it, it bothers me. I know people... Um, you know, there's a I, I visit a lot of different places, I, you know, when it comes to religion. So, you know, I'll check out a, a Buddhist temple for a while and I'll go to a Catholic church for a while and, you know, just pay attention and look around and listen and, and see what I'm getting. Um, and sometimes I say one place longer than others. Um, there's a church that I was going to here in uh, Tennessee and. I uh, have a friend who was going through some hard times, particularly with this COVID, and she's worked for the church and she's benefited and been there to help in so many areas and she needed some help. So um, myself and some others, we joined together to to help her. And then after that, we're like, okay, so, you know, we're in a good, a better space, a good space. Let's go to the church. And they told her they would pray for her. And I was like, wait. Huh? I'm having a hard time with that when the pastor has, you know, mm. a dumb, ridiculous, big ass house. Like, <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Yo, my mama with that. used to call her councilman about it. Like, that church too big. What we doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I need, I, I don't understand why there isn't more, um, like, like similar to the Black Panthers, where you're supplying, supplying food and shelter for people. Like, I, I don't understand. And somebody be like, oh, my church, I, I'm just talking about as a whole, because this is such a part of um, a part of black people right. and what we pour ourselves into and, mm-hmm. and we're pouring ourselves into not just our faith. Absolutely. Without question. But we're also pouring ourselves into these um, these edifices. We're pouring ourselves into these these places that don't seem to benefit the people as they should. There should be more universities. You, um, um, HBCUs should not be struggling with the amount of money that comes through, you know, um, churches. Yeah. The churches are getting bigger, but and the, the you know the the pool is getting bigger. They've got lights like you know, a, a like a show, like Vegas shows. That basket comes around. I don't know, three, <laughs> four times. You know, I just need it, whatever it is, to actually be a benefit or, uh, yeah, and, I need and, it to be a benefit to the people. And love to the churches that are, because we know there's not everybody. I, I want to shout out to Alfred Street Baptist over there in Virginia that's trying to make keep their church as small as possible with their 30,000 
members and still giving to their HBCUs and all what they are. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. They, thank they, they refuse to go mega. I so mean, what they did is they just added they just added services throughout the day, Jill. I had a church once that <laughs> with the, the the pastor was actually a carpenter. Yeah. That's what he he worked. And I love that. Because he he could understand it wasn't just a, a you know an offering you know that he was living off of offerings that he was actually working. I just don't think you should get without girl. Them. All the black pastors you know. just heard I, I you think, away, girl. Please, Mm-mm. yeah. Conference. I mean, yeah, I think they, I think yeah. what happens is that um, obviously you have had many conversations over the over the you know, several hundred years that we've been in this country, in the West, where we've we've tackled this idea that black wealth and access to money helps us as a community and that's going to push us forward. And one of the main places where that wealth can be distributed, like, you know, is typically in, in church. And so it was especially for black folks, you know, and or in their religious institutions, period. Because we've seen this kind of thing happen you know, across faiths. You know what I mean? And I think it's a good thing to a degree to have a church be a base for, you know, social um, supports mm-hmm. and, and and community supports. But the thing is that the community itself isn't just Christian people. So until we have a situation where as a community, we can have like diverse spaces for everybody to come together you know, and under the guise of strengthening the community and giving resources, um, we'll just be empowering these entities to just get into the race of who can raise the most money, who can bring in the most membership, who can do X, Y, and Z. Until we start really working into coalitions and stuff like that. And not that we don't have them, because every idea that we could come up with during this this podcast, it's been tried. So the thing is that I think re- Reshifting our focus back into coalitions is important. I mean, I hate to pull out my little history lesson on this one, but we love this part. And you don't hate it. Go ahead, teach us. Go ahead, teach us. You know, Denmark Vesey, who is a really famous uh, revolutionary and man who planned a revolt, a slave revolt that actually was not successful, but it was used as a way to, I mean, it sparked a lot of change in America moving toward emancipation. So the idea here is that when he planned this revolt, he was a very devout Christian. But one of his main conspirators was a man named Gullah Jack. And he he um, practiced African spiritual traditions. And here you had a man who was a devout Christian who planned a slave revolt with a man who was strictly in the practice of African spirituality. And I think that this is really, really profound because what it says is that Black people, no matter what we believe, no matter how we celebrate, no matter what we, how we worship, that we have a combined and a unified struggle, and that struggle is against the oppressor. And so I think that's really important when we think about these kinds of things, that if churches, we can't put all the weight on just the one church or just the, the, the churches, the churches have to be not be afraid to work with the mosque. The mosque has to not be afraid to work with the church. 
The church had the, the mosque can't be afraid to work with the with the African spiritualists. Mm-hmm. You can't. All of this is all of this has to come together so that we can serve one another, so that we can celebrate family and 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 building of community. You know what I mean? And that's just my personal little two cents belief. Is I'm that right there if we with don't you. toss if we don't toss these things, we'll always have some sort of critique. We will have a critique, and that that will that will maintain that. There will be a hierarchy and a and a uh, you know monopoly within each of these spaces. Somebody will come up on it. It just is what it is. I am looking to see us bloom and prosper and grow from our efforts. And anything that you're pouring into that does not blossom is futile. It's dead earth. Word. Word. I'd like you to check out how to make a Negro Christian. Oh, shit. Yes, ma'am. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you're, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, some of you are offended and you're probably going to get me wrong. Well, that happens. I can't do anything about somebody getting me wrong. But I do know this, that God has been in every single instant of my life. Every single bit of it. He knows me better than I know myself. And has been a beautiful, beautiful guide in even my foolishness. And I am grateful for all of it. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. It's producer Eves back with another resource. Today, Jill brought up the book, How to Make a Negro Christian, by Kamal Mukasey Tahuti. In 1842, Thomas Peirce published the book, The Religious Instruction of the Negroes in the United States, written by Charles Colcock Jones. Jones owned plantations in Liberty County, Georgia, and was an enslaver and a Presbyterian minister. He encouraged other ministers and enslavers to provide religious instruction to Black people. In this book, Jones advocated for evangelizing enslaved people, which he thought would make them more obedient, intellectual, morally upstanding, and pliable. Leaving them without Christianity and in ignorance, he believed, would make them susceptible to rebellion. Mackenzie Tahuti's book, How to Make a Negro Christian, contains a reprint of Jones's works, along with commentary and context around how and why Black Americans have come to embrace Christianity on such a large scale. The history of Black folks and Christianity is deep and intricate, but you can start with How to Make a Negro Christian. I'll drop a link in the episode description. And that, my children, my sisters, my brothers, my friends, that is that. Thank you for listening to J.L., always hoping to spark conversation. Peace. Thank you for listening to Jill Scott Presents J.L., the podcast. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Graydon-Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Taylor Chacon. 
Hey, y'all, yeah. y'all, can we pause for one second? One second. Hold on, cover your ears. Hey! Hey! Y'all, you're walking too hard on the floor! Sorry. <laughs> Something else is about to go down. <laughs> I enjoy it every time. Though. Me too. <laughs> every, listen, you know, Aja, um, she got to yell at the people that live in there, the people she made, and the ones she didn't. She had to <laughs> yell at, the, at them every now and then to tell them to, to, to shut up. They're walking too hard. I don't know why. It's like cement in the heel of their foot. I don't like, know. What is that? But well, when you figure it out, let me know so I can tell my upstairs neighbor. Goddamn. J.L is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.